Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everyone. Welcome. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Um, Today is our good news segment. And you're going to hear from um, what we like to call three individuals that have come to the forefront to share information, information that will help us make educated and informed decisions. You know, I wanted to talk a little bit about the mentors I've had in my life. One in particular, a woman by the name of Sedonia Cahill. Now, many of you have heard me talk about her from time to time on the show. Um, I was uh, saddened uh, by her loss in 2000 from a car accident uh, in Morocco on a trip that I was supposed to be on with her and couldn't go on. And I was thinking about her as I was gathering up information to carry on her work, her spiritual work, which I'm really honored and thrilled to do. And I came across a beautiful poem that I just absolutely loved, one that was so important in her circle wisdom and her wisdom circle book and her ceremonial circle. She's one of the she's one of the world's leading ceremonial circles. Um, let, how should I say, founders or um, someone that was truly, truly gifted to bring people together. And I wanted to share this with you as you go into your day. And here it is, Sidonia Cahill. I invite you to enter for a moment into sacred time and space, into a way of seeing that is broad and spacious. See this day from the time you arose this morning until the time you sleep this evening as one ceremony divided into small and familiar rituals. Your heart as the altar, you part of the cycles of light and darkness. Now begin to see your life from the moment of your conception until the time of your death as one long continuous ceremony filled with many rituals, some familiar, some unknown and challenging, your home and all your relations, the altar. You, part of many seasons and cycles. Now see this ceremony of your life as part of a much larger ceremony that extends several generations into the past and seven into the future, made up of many births and deaths. This beautiful spinning earth, the altar, you part of the great ebb and flow. Now, if you will, imagine this larger ceremony to be but one part of a ceremony so grand, so magnificent as to be held comprehensible, a great 
vast ceremonial circle, rich and vibrant with millions upon millions of swirling circles of dancing light. And you, one of those dancing circles, a dancer on the altar that is the universe where time is eternal. May you dance in beauty. That's from Sidonia Cahill, my teacher. Hi, this is Laura Richer, host of On The Verge Radio. Sometimes you hear encouraging messages like transform your life now, become empowered, create the life you crave, and it all seems overwhelming and you're not sure where to start. I'm here to tell you that self-improvement is not always fun and easy, but it is always worth it. The path to creating positive changes begins with releasing the things that have been holding you back. Then you can create a life that inspires you. I know this because I've done it. You can find out more about what I do by visiting my website, seattlehealinghypnosis.com. I look forward to supporting you on your journey. What is a brilliant culture and how do we create them? Why are they important? Claudette Rowley has created a breakthrough five-step process to help you align your culture with your business strategy for exceptional results. Looking for a culture that drives organizational excellence? Listen to Cultural Brilliance Radio, the second and fourth Friday of each month at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio. To learn more or work with Claudette, visit culturalbrilliance.com. To find answers to life's questions, you need to look within yourself. Dr. Glenna Rice brings your questionable conversations on Transformation Talk Radio each month. Tune in each month for insight into how you can live up to your full potential. Dr. Glenna is a physical therapist, certified access consciousness, and access body class facilitator. How does it get any better than this? For more information on Dr. Glenna Rice and her work, visit GlennaRice.com. Are you ready to make deep, lasting, transformative changes? Then tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio for Susanna Jameson's hit show, Love Light Sound Radio. During her show, Susanna inspires and supports spiritually and health-conscious individuals all over the world to reconnect with their hearts, their inner peace, and balance. Love Light Sound Radio. Transformation happens here now. For more information, visit SusannaJameson.com. Tune in to The Truth is Funny with Colette Steffen each Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This hit show will have you thinking outside the box and riding the wave of infinite potential. Join Colette on the Higher Self Network, inspiring listeners to shine their brilliance and ensure success while roaring with laughter as they recognize the humor of the giant cosmic joke. Visit TheTruthIsFunny.com. Hey everyone, welcome to our good news segment. I'm so thrilled today to be talking with Dr. Peter Toth joining me here today. Here's the thing I want to say. If you are like me, if you know someone in your family, uh, you know that heart disease or just saying the word, something about the heart or even hearing cardiology means something. 
for me, I lost an uncle. I lost a mother immediately uh, to heart disease. Uh, yeah. But today, we've got some news to share with you. Uh, joining me here today is the Director of Preventative Cardiology, uh, CGH Medical Center, and beyond that, spokesperson, so that we understand what the new data says and what we can do about it. Peter, thank you for joining me here today. Um, listen, we all have had people that we know in our lives, our families, that are suffering from some form of heart disease or we've lost someone. People think that this is still something that we've really got handled. Can you fill us in? Sure. So, yeah, actually, there is a tremendous amount you can do to help prevent the development and progression of heart disease, yeah. either in yourself or your loved one. But it takes going in and getting screened for risk factors. But it takes more. Let's say you have heart disease. One of your loved ones has heart disease. Make sure that they're being adherent with their medication, their follow-up visits, and any follow-up tests that they need to ensure that the medications are having the desired effect on their heart function or on the progression of, say, their uh, hardening of the arteries, just by way of example. People do have to take responsibility for their health care. It is simply incredible how many patients discontinue medications that are life-saving or disease-altering. And this is something that has to be controlled much better. Mm -hmm. Let me give you an example of this. Roughly two in five people who have a heart attack stop their statin within four months. By a year, 55% stop their statin. Incredibly to me, for patients who've had a heart attack and, and receive a stent, Within six weeks, about one in four discontinue one or more of the background medications they need in order to keep that stent open. Does that make any sense? Mm. No. no. And so, yes, we have to be very active players in this, um, and we have to understand the drugs we're on, why we're on them, but also what the consequences are if we don't do as we are advised. Yeah. You know, I think that for many of us, we have been touched by heart disease across the board. But, you, you know, this particular study, the data that's presented at the American College of Cardiology, right, you know, yeah. talks about what is touching us for raising our risk of heart disease. And let's talk about that, because at some level, I think that people are aware of things like cholesterol. On the other hand, we don't see a whole lot being done about it. You know, the level of obesity in this country is exponentially growing. So what have you discovered that says we should be paying attention to certain things? And here are the things that the study shows us. Sure. So um, we asked a very simple question. We wanted to determine whether or not having an elevated triglyceride level in your blood correlates with heightened risk for heart disease-related events like heart attack or stroke. Now, what is a triglyceride? It's very different from cholesterol. We know that cholesterol is toxic at high levels when your blood vessels are exposed to it. But we've learned from studies from around the world 
that in fact triglycerides are also toxic to blood vessels. And when we look at observational populations, high triglycerides increase risk for heart attack, stroke, and death. <coughs> yeah. For people who have genetically elevated triglyceride, it's amazing at how consistent the data are. High triglyceride in people with genetic abnormalities consistently increase risk for the development of premature onset of disease, meaning less than 50 in men, less than 60 in the ladies, and increase risk for heart attack, stroke, stenting, bypass, death. So those data hang together very well. So our study looked at 46,000 people, half of whom had a normal triglyceride, the other half had high triglyceride, but importantly, all of them were on a statin and their bad cholesterol was controlled. These patients had an average age of 62. Why? Mm. Well, because all of them either had established heart disease or were diabetic. And we know older people tend to become diabetic and older people have a higher incidence of heart disease. Mm. Now, the data are very stark. And I want to point out one thing. There was an even split between men and women, 23,000 men, 23,000 women. So our data are generalizable to both genders. Okay, We're good. proud of that. Yes. And we found that for the patients with high triglycerides, they had a 32% higher risk of a heart attack over just three and a half years of follow-up, a 14% increased risk of a stroke, 20% increase in risk of developing heart failure, and amazingly, a 50% higher risk of needing a stent or a bypass surgery. And I think that is a terrifying conclusion because most people don't like the thought of being split open like a watermelon for a bypass or needing stent after stent. But a 50% heightened risk is simply amazing. And so this study really heightens our awareness that when we talk about the residual risk people have after being treated with a statin, triglycerides do, do impact this risk. And in fact, mm. they do so quite significantly. How, how does that change uh, the average person's perspective on this? You know, and the reason I'm asking the question is because, you know, can you imagine, you know, somebody going to their doctor and in attempting to have a conversation and wanting to know what is it that's changed? What do I need to be more aware of? And is there any lifestyle changes I need to make? Yep. And that's the first question that should come out of their mouth. <laughs> because, because when the triglycerides are elevated, it means that their underlying metabolism is all fouled up. And I mean mm. that it is fouled up. Now, the high triglycerides are bad in of themselves, as I've just said. But the high triglycerides may also be an early warning sign that the patient may be pre-diabetic, or frankly, they have diabetes. The hypertriglyceridemia may be influenced by dysfunction in the thyroid gland. They may be hypo or hyperthyroid. They may have an inborn genetic abnormality that is predisposing them to a high triglyceride. They may be on a medication that's elevating their triglyceride. All of these questions have to be addressed when someone walks through the door 
and you find that their triglycerides are elevated. So it's not just this one-dimensional feature. You say, oh, high triglyceride, do something. It's also figure out why the triglycerides are high. Mm-hmm. So what can be done? And first and foremost, you hit the nail on the head. It is lifestyle modification. Yeah. Up, up, and away. Because we know that if you engage in daily aerobic exercise, you modify your diet so that it contains less saturated and trans fat, more poly and monounsaturated fat, more fruits and vegetables. You stop smoking, all things that are good. You beneficially impact your triglycerides. And so that's a great place to start because not only does it impact your triglycerides, it influences your overall risk for cardiovascular disease. If those maneuvers aren't enough, and sometimes they're not, then certainly we have medications that work. But I think there's broad agreement that when the triglycerides are high, you need to figure out exactly why. Why is this patient's metabolism all fouled up? And then institute appropriate, doable lifestyle modification, and then drugs if necessary. Mm -hmm. Well, I think this is really the biggest conversation that we can have in our health industry today, and it is what does a change in lifestyle mean? And I love what you were talking about for two reasons. Uh, The first reason is do something. See, sometimes we get this long list of all the things we need to do. So for people, let's say, that have been smoking their entire life, yeah, it's never too late to stop. Uh, For folks that are thinking, uh, really, I have to cut out everything, what if you were to simply cut out bread at one meal. So we're really asking people to start to look at taking action. However, what I also hear you saying is that for those people that are at risk, you really need to have a new game plan. Yes. And actually, I agree with you again. It has to be manageable and it has to be doable. No one says that you're going to totally transform your life tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a step-by-step process, and I think if patients are presented with a reasonable approach that they can build on, um, they have a much higher likelihood of long-term success of sticking with it. But I think, number one, if a patient smokes, it must go. That is an unbelievably important risk factor, not only because of the cancer risk, but they are threatening the health of their entire cardiovascular system. Um, And just stopping smoking in that one act, which I know can be very challenging. We have plenty of patients who have difficulty with this. Uh, In that one act, you dramatically impact risk. Mm. Second, if you engage in daily exercise, if you engage in even um, relatively modest alterations in your diet, they can have a profound impact on your overall sense of health and well-being. Um, So these are practical. They're also not very expensive. You'll save a lot of money if you quit smoking. Um, It doesn't cost anything to walk around the block a few times. Um, And actually, you may find that by eating healthier, you're saving money at the cash register at the supermarket. Yeah. Well, I, I first of all, let me thank you for coming out and being the spokesperson for this. How can people find out more about this, Dr. Toth? How, how can people find out about the study and what to do next? And again, thank you for doing what you do. Sure. 
So I think the most important place to start is the American Heart Association website. It offers very practical, easy to understand, easy to apply recommendations for lifestyle modification. It will give you detailed, understandable information about individual risk factors, how to get screened for them, what to do about them, how to work better with your healthcare professional. Because I think we all, every one of us, need to assume greater responsibility for our own sense of wellness and well-being. Um, because if we're not active players, in fact, likelihood of long-term adherence with a plan, likelihood of long-term health maintenance decrease if we're not active players uh, with our healthcare professionals. We have to partner. Um, and so I think the American Heart Association website is a great place to start. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much. Um, what I want to be able to do is let everybody know, start somewhere. Thank you so much for today. Uh, one last question. What's your personal yeah. message? What would you like to leave us with? Personal message is this is National Triglyceride Day. Please be aware that triglycerides do influence your heart health. The next time you get your cholesterol checked, make sure you ask your healthcare professional what your triglycerides were. If they were high, please engage in more aggressive lifestyle modification. And this applies to both the ladies and the gentlemen out there. Awesome. Thank you so much. We're going to take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back with the show. This is Debbie Pokornik with a break-free parenting tip. If you haven't been practicing active listening or not getting into some bad habits, it's a good idea to go back to the basics and remind yourself how to be a good listener. Here's an idea that might help. When your child comes to you with a story about her day, set aside whatever you're doing and give her your full attention. If you're in the middle of something that can't be put aside, Tell her that you really want to be able to give her story your full attention and ask if you could continue the conversation at a specific time. So for example, this sounds like an important story and I'd really like to give it my full attention. Can we talk about it in 10 minutes when supper's in the oven? Active listening might sound like common sense, but often it's these simple skills that get buried in our parenting pack and easily forgotten or overlooked. Challenge yourself to practice this skill for a full week and see if you notice a difference in how much your child is sharing. For information and to work with Debbie, visit EmpoweringNRG.com. Choose the new earth on the Cornelia Stephanie Show. Tune in each week on Transformation Talk Radio as Cornelia takes listeners on an odyssey of higher consciousness to inspire, educate, and empower. Cornelia guides people on the path of self-healing, peace, and liberation. The Cornelia Stephanie Show is your catalyst for anchoring heaven on earth on a global scale. For more information, go to CorneliaStephanie.com. Tune in to the Psychic Professors Show, The Voices of Spirit Radio, with international medium and spirit artist Dr. Susan Barnes on Transformation Talk Radio. Featuring a variety of spiritual topics such as psychic art, spiritualism, EVP, psychic development, and mediumship. This hit call-in show provides listeners with breakthrough wisdom to enliven and enlighten their lives. Visit spiritartgallery.net. Tune in each Friday, 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio. 
tune in to Synergenetic Living Radio, where Rick and Grace Paris discuss the synergenetic way of life, what it means to truly change your perspective in life, what it means to take control of your life and manifest your true desires. For more information on Rick and Grace Paris and Synergenetic Living, check out SynergeneticLiving.com. Get clear on the life you desire and the current life you are creating and what is between the two. Synergenetic Living, living life loud. Your happiness is your choice on Natural Peace Radio. Follow Sarah Van Ryswick as she addresses the power of emotions. Each month, Sarah covers different topics as she helps listeners activate their energetic spark and create powerful energy and amazing opportunities. Manifest your desires with Natural Peace Radio. For more information on Sarah and her work, visit naturalpeaceliving.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is our good news segment. And you know what? I am telling you that what we're about to talk about is so important that myself, my experience growing up in New Jersey and not really understanding what it is about flood insurance that everybody should know about. You know, you think maybe you've got everything covered. You think maybe that the realtor and everybody around you is telling you what you need to know. Well, guess what? David Merstad is joining us here today, Assistant Administrator for the Federal Insurance, uh, for Federal Insurance at the Federal Emergency Management Agency. Guess what? Better known as FEMA. David, thank you for joining me here today. You know, I went through an experience. I can remember this when I was buying my house in New Jersey. And we don't even know what we don't know about this. We think we're covered. And yet there's now new insurance policies that we need to look at. You know, why is this now, this conversation so important in the light of so many national disasters that are happening? Well, it's so important because the number one natural disaster year after year is is flooding. And there are a lot of perceptions that have built, been uh, developed over uh, over the years, and one of those is that uh, that uh, people believe that their homeowner or business policy covers them for from for a flooding event, and that's uh, just generally not the case. And so it's real important, and we need to do a much better job of making sure that everybody understands they've got to ask the right questions when they talk to their insurance agent and their insurance company to make sure that they have the right amount of insurance and the right kind of insurance uh, when, they, when they need it. And that has to be done before events happen, not after events happen. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we're looking here in the state of Washington, you know, we're looking at various forms of things that may happen as a result of whether, it, whether you're talking about, you know, a disaster like fire or you're talking about uh, just general flooding. And then there are the mudslides um, that we're watching here, entire cliffs, you know, just falling off into the sound. Um, I, I want to ask you a little bit about this. What is the relationship between floods and fire? Well, it, it seems counterintuitive, but they go yeah. they go hand in hand. Uh, they're, they're certainly uh, the train that's left behind after a, a wildfire. I don't need to tell uh, mm-hmm. your listeners uh, is charred. 
uh, barren. Uh, there's no vegetation that's unable to absorb water, and it really creates the 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 right uh, mixture for flash flooding and mud flow if you get a uh, a rainfall and so mm-hmm. it's it's real important and the, the other important thing is those conditions can can stay in place for five or six years and so it's not something that that just goes goes away overnight and so it's just a good time to stop and reflect and make sure that you have that conversation with your insurance agent or insurance company and make sure that you have a flood insurance policy that's going to provide you with the necessary financial protection from a flash flood or a mud flow that that occurs. Mm-hmm. I think one of the questions that I, I was curious about, you know, many of us, we get these notices, let's say we've had insurance for years and years, and then we get this insurance notice and we don't read it. And we don't read that maybe something in the policy has changed. Uh, and, you know, folks may not know that when you get a notice from your insurance company, you really do need to read it. And if you don't read it, you need to pick up the phone and call somebody, right? Absolutely. Before uh, before I got involved in, in government and in my current responsibilities overseeing the flood program, I was an agent for over mm-hmm. 25 years. And it's, it's real important uh, when you get those automatic uh, mailers. The first thing that I do and I suggest to my family and friends is uh, you, you just make the call. Uh, and and you have that uh, uh, review of your policy and and be equipped and have the right questions to to ask you know what mm-hmm. what do my policies covered specifically if I'm in your area I'm going to say am I covered for earthquake more yeah. than likely the answer uh, for your homeowner policy is no am I covered for flood more than likely your answer is is no and then I would follow up with what do I need to do what information do you need from me to make sure that I have the right coverage because many times people are surprised that it's not as expensive as what they think it might be, especially if you're um, outside the high-risk area in the low to moderate-risk area, where, quite frankly, 20% of our losses are every year. It, it's, you know, for a couple of dollars a day, you can get the protection that that uh, you need uh, for the life that, that you've built. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this question. Uh, many people have heard the term FEMA. They know it's an organization. They hear it on the news. And yet very few people know what your mission is and what you're called to do. Give us a sense now of what your role is in this day and age, and has it changed? Well, our role is to uh, work with uh, local governments and states uh, to uh, help with emergency management. But it, it really can succinctly be put in our mission is to help people before, during, and after disasters. We coordinate that effort on behalf of the federal government, uh, and and we're we're committed to making sure that before an event, during event, and after event, the federal government is there to assist local government, assist neighborhoods and individuals and communities uh, get back on the road to recovery. Mm. You, you know, you've been doing these shows. You've been educating the public about why this is important and what we should be mindful about. You know, what do you think are some of the questions that people should ask their insurance companies? What do you think that they, as they hear this today, they're gonna wanna know, well, I think I'm doing a good job, but really, what should people ask? Well, uh, 
people need to have the, the, the right kind of conversations, uh, you know, specifically with, with uh, as it pertains to, to flood insurance, uh, does my homeowner insurance cover flood? I, you know, and as I said earlier, I think the answer will be no. And so then what flood zone do I live in? Uh, what's my property's flood risk? Uh, ask the agent what will be covered, won't be covered. Uh, what, how does, uh, if I have a basement, how, how does that, uh, that affect? Uh, need to understand that you have to buy a policy unlike your homeowner policy. Uh, you have to buy a separate policy for your building and another one for your contents. How much insurance should I, should I buy? Uh, when will that policy go into effect? Because with a flood policy, there's generally a 30 day, 30 day waiting period. So, uh, same, same types of questions that you ask about, uh, uh, any kind of insurance are the same type of questions that you want to ask when it comes to flood insurance. But Dr. Pat, more importantly, what we get people need to move people to is to have the insurance. Time and time again, we go to events and far, far too many people are without flood insurance, don't have the means to get back on the road to recovery, have only despair and unhappiness, uh, dip into savings, have to take out another loan, um, all the things that can can be helped by having the necessary insurance place in place. So we really need to change the culture associated with the purchase of natural disaster insurance, whether it be earthquake insurance or flood insurance. And the most important thing is, listen, folks, it's it very well can happen to you. It's mm-hmm. the number one disaster every year. Ninety eight percent of the counties in our country have had a flooding event. So take the right steps, do the right thing, buy a flood insurance policy. And, you know, let, before we, uh, before the segment ends, how can people find out more information? Because I think it's super important if folks are listening to this, they're going to want to find out more. What's the best place for people to go? Well, when it comes to uh, the flood insurance, I, I direct people to our, our newly redesigned uh, floodsmart.gov. That's one, the, you know, flood and smart, one word, floodsmart.gov. Uh, for information about uh, FEMA and, and our mission and how um, uh, our FEMA perspective is for federally supported, state-mandated, locally executed emergency management, they can go to our uh, fema.gov website. Or they can download uh, the FEMA app from either Apple or Android, uh, download the FEMA app, and, and those three sources will give them a wealth of information on how to, how to be better prepared, uh, steps to take, questions to ask, and how they can uh, turn their family, their business, their neighborhood, their community into a more resilient, more resilient entity. Yeah, you know, the other thing is you have a great uh, infographic on the website. Uh, flood after fire, and a picture is worth a thousand words, and that accompanied by the fact sheet that you guys have put together is, I think it's the one-two punch to protect ourselves, really. So thank you so much for all of that. One last question. What's your personal well, message? First of all, we appreciate the feedback because, you know, you're certainly right in that how we can yeah. take this information and make it as easy to understand is critical to our being able to meet yeah. our mission going forward. Yeah, well, we're actually going to put the infographic with a link back to your site uh, on our website with your permission and just get people to just go here and look. Because once they see this diagram that you all have put together, they will understand that there is an impact that they may not know about. And we want to make sure they know about it before it actually happens to them. 
Thank you so much. Well, Personal great. message. What would you like to leave Thank us you. with today? Well, what I, w- I want to leave you with today is is uh, don't wait. Uh, if you don't have a flood insurance policy, uh, take action now. Uh, make the call. Get with your agent, your insurance company, and uh, buy buy the financial protection that you that you need uh, going into this spring uh, spring season. I love it. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. We're going to take a short break, everyone. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. to Knowledge Book Radio with host Marge Potasek each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Through many experiences, Marge was led to the Knowledge Book, a gift to humanity in its transition to the Golden Age, and it provided the truth and the answers. She now shares information from the Knowledge Book with you each week on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more information, visit USA.TheKnowledgeBook.net. If you're one of the millions of Americans suffering from anxiety, you probably know how powerless and out of control this emotion can make you feel. This is why it is so important to remember that anxiety is created by your mind, which means that you can learn to use your mind to uncreate it. Hello, my name is Dr. Friedman Schaub. My award-winning book, The Fear and Anxiety Solution, provides you with a step-by-step breakthrough process to understand and resolve the root causes of your anxiety and build a solid foundation of confidence and inner peace. If you are ready to take your power back, visit thefearandanxietysolution.com. That's thefearandanxietysolution.com or call 866-903-6463. That's 866-903-MIND. On the cutting edge of the new mainstream, Christine Upchurch is passionate about bringing together science, psychology, and spirituality in a way that can be applied to our everyday lives for true transformation. The Christine Upchurch Show, stellar conversations to illuminate your journey, engages some of the most outstanding visionaries on the planet in lively dialogue to inspire you to become that bright light you're meant to be. Join Christine every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on KKNW, AM 1150, and Transformation Time. Radio. Are you your story? Or can you change your story? Can you change what you believe to be true about yourself and your circumstances as part of your healing journey? What if you were to change your expectations? What if you were to invite ease and cooperation into every day and then step back and see what happens? It might just be easier. I'm Megan Edge, and I hope that you'll join me on my new radio show, Playing on the Edge, Radical Change with Ease, with my co-host, Dr. Pat, on Transformation Talk Radio. I look forward to seeing you there. Want to find out more about Megan Edge? Visit her website at meganedge.ca. Hey, everybody, welcome to our good news segment. Hey, did you know that national disasters and cyber attacks can cause businesses severe harm? Like, especially if you're watching TV right now, you're you're getting a, a dose of it. But 
strategic disruptions pose the greatest threat. You know, sometimes it's what we don't know, but should know that could literally put us out of business. Today, new research release from the National Center for the Middle Market reveals the importance of having a strong risk and resilience plan in place. Two of my favorite words. Uh, Tom Stewart joining us here today, Executive Director of the National Center for the Middle Market. Tom, thanks for joining us here today. You know, it's really kind of cool because it's usually those things that we don't know about that are really the showstoppers, right? It absolutely is. It's really, it's really interesting. And you know, you as a as a psychologist know this well. I mean, mm-hmm. if you can anticipate something, if you can foresee it, uh, you're better able to prepare for it. You can have checklists. You can say, this is, you know, these are the things we've got to do to. We can have an insurance policy. We can do various things like this. But it's the stuff that comes out of left field is one kind of problem, and that often is stuff we're unprepared for. And another kind of problem that often causes strategic problems for companies is the boneheaded mistakes they make themselves, where they may be invested in an idea that turns out not to be a good idea. So they have to be disabused of what they believe uh, in order, when, when, it, when it confronts a changing reality or just a reality that they didn't anticipate. Yeah. And, you know, part of this is, um, you know, uh, first of all, you know, the study and the research that you all have done really opens a door for a a bigger conversation than what we have today. But I wanted to talk with you about what are the things that are at the top of your list that could literally be showstoppers for for companies? And then what did the the research say about them? So let's start at some of the simplest ones, because it's absolutely, Mm -hmm. it's it's a a great question. I mean, I heard a wonderful story from a woman whose business outside of Cleveland, small printing business, and one Friday afternoon, 4.59, suddenly her systems are down, and there's a big screen that says, we've got your systems, pay us a thousand Bitcoin, or you'll never get your data back, right? Mm. She third generation family business. She, even a year later, describing this, she sort of starts tearing up. She goes to her IT person who said, it's okay, we're in luck. A month ago, we got back up. We just unplug this one, plug in this one, we're good to go. Mm. But had that attack happened a, a month and a half before, she would have been in deep trouble. So one set of things is, is like thinking about those things that you need to prepare for. It could be a digital disruption. It could be what happens if there's a fire? What happens if one of my suppliers goes out of business? What happens if there's a port closure? These sorts of things you can sort of plan for and prepare for. But what's critical and harder to do is to get your nose up from the grindstone and look out and think about two things. One, what's my reconnaissance capability? How good am I at spotting opportunities or threats early so I can prepare? So reconnaissance is one. And the second is how do I build resilience, the capacity to bounce back? And some of that could be financial. Have I talked mm-hmm. to my bank? Have I got a line of credit in case I need it? Have I got good insurance? Right? Some of that could be have I got backup suppliers? So if, I've got, if, if A is out, I've got B. You know, some of it might be people. 
in smaller businesses, you may just have a handful of critical people. If one of them leaves, gets sick, or whatever, you, you know, have I got resilience? And, 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 and then how do I build plans for recovery? So I think what happens, we asked mid-sized companies, have you got a good business continuity plan? Seven out of 10 said they did. The bigger the company, the more likely it was. But then when you double click on that recovery or, or that, or that uh, business continuity plan mm-hmm. and you say, you know, have you really got an established line of credit? Fewer than half have done that. Fewer right. than half have contingency plans for staff training. So you need a comprehensive, you need to think about the things you're not thinking about. Yeah. Once you do, you can start putting together a plan so that you can face that uncertain future with more confidence and more flexibility so that then you can act either to get away from or deal with a threat or to seize an opportunity. Yeah, you know, this is really interesting because I had an in-depth conversation without using their name, one of the largest web hosting domain companies in the world. And I had a conversation with them and I said, I don't understand why you folks don't include backing up somebody's WordPress or any of their databases. Why don't you just include it in your web hosting and let people opt out of it? I said, because honestly, people don't know that if they don't opt in for that $2, whatever that thing is you're charging them a month, um, ridiculously low price after all the money they're paying you, they lose everything. And, you know, it's things like that that I'm looking for the industry to do better to help us with, too, because you're right. The average person doesn't know until the disaster hits. I mean, that's how we know about it, because we know what happens when you're not prepared. So this is a very yeah, that's when you discover what your insurance doesn't. Yeah, oh, that's when you man. discover what your insurance doesn't cover. You know? oh. And the same thing is true with strategy and the same thing is true with other mm-hmm. kinds of things. You know, you you. This is why, you know, I think that it's really important for people, you know, to get a diversity of opinion. And and, and mm-hmm. you know, this there's a fine line between getting multiple points of view yeah. and and avoiding groupthink. And you want to avoid groupthink because then that can, you know. But but so how do you get a diversity of opinion? How do you get people to come in and challenge you? How do you get? I mean, IT is a really good example because we sort of think we understand it. Mm-hmm. Smaller companies may have an IT department of five or six people. Yeah. They're not going to be able to do world-class cybersecurity mm-hmm. on their own, but, but they could be attacked. They could be held up for ransom or they could be the back door for somebody else. So, mm-hmm. so it, it's important for, for, to get the intelligence so that you can start making the smarter decisions and, and prepare. Well, the intelligence comes from uh, you all and the report that you put together. Let's talk a little bit about the study in the National Center for the Middle Market, please, because I think it's important that people listening to this, they're probably saying, well, you know, I don't know where do I, where do I go? But you all have created a way for people to tap into this information and get educated. You know, we're, we've been around for just under seven years and, and mm. our website, which is middlemarketcenter.org. Uh, houses all this stuff. Uh, you know, we're part of the Ohio State University, so we're an academic research center in the business school, the Fisher College of Business at Ohio State, and our stuff is there for the public. And and this risk and resilience report is there. We've also got a cybersecurity resource center that we've established, uh, and lots of other research that because when you think about mid-sized companies, they have 
you know, big company problems with small company resources in many cases. And so thinking about how you do talent planning, thinking about how you think about M&A, thinking about how you think about risk and resilience, you need stuff that's written in your native language, which is part of what our mission is at the National Center for the Middle Market to think. How is this affecting a mid-sized company, 100 million in sales, you know, 500 employees? You can't just sort of take what works for a Boeing and lop off two zeros and say, here, right. you do this. You got to think about what's right for you, you know? And so that's what we do. And this risk and resilience study is, I think, a, a pretty good example, I, I, I think, of the kind of thing that we can do that mm-hmm. can help a mid-sized company do a smarter job in navigating the landscape it finds itself in. Well, I was reading your report, and I want to talk about the three different types of business disruptions, because we mentioned the digital disruption, right, which is all in the headlines. But there is something called the strategic disruption and then an operational disruption. And let's talk a little bit about each one of those, because the world knows about the digital disruption, but, you know, by far, that is not the only one that could cause a shutdown. And, and, and the interesting thing about the digital disruption is it's the easy, it's a fire drill, but it's the fastest recovery. Yes, uh, it uh, is. You know, so, so people, you know, you, people, people can get back on, if they're prepared, they can get back on their feet quicker. The operational disruption is stuff that could happen. For example, it could be a natural disaster. It could be a hurricane, mm-hmm. a tsunami. It could be an earthquake. It could be wildfires, that sort of thing. Or it could be, um, a big disruption in your supply chain, a port closes, or you know your uh, problems with with rail or trucking, or a big supplier goes out of business and you ha- or has problems with you. So, you know, it it could be all kinds of things that mess up your ability to run the biz to to keep the shop going with the current business. Strategic disruption is the stuff that may change your business. Yeah. So operational is about keeping my current business running efficiently and well. But strategic disruption is the stuff that says, whoa, you know, Uber and Lyft have just totally destroyed my taxi business. Uh, Or, whoa, Amazon's come into my business. And I mean, so you can have that kind of thing. Or you can make a a really dumb move. You know, I can, you know, the Time Warner merger, the, uh, the the AOL Time Warner merger, classic example of a self inflicted strategic wound. Or you could have a big change in public policy, mm-hmm. you know, uh, trade law changes uh, or, or tax law changes. They could, they could, uh, you know, other regulatory changes. They could, cha- they could upend your strategy, or, or you know, various things like that. And, mm-hmm. and those are the hardest. First of all, yeah. they have the biggest impact. Yeah, they affect. They affect. They, they're not just. They're harder to isolate, and, and they're harder to recover from, because. It's a big change. It's, you know, the, the plant has a fire, we can fix it, or we can go to an alternate supplier. But, but you know, I've been Amazoned. That's a harder thing to figure out. And, and so strategic disruption is the biggest challenge. It happens more often, and the effects are more, you know, are harder to recover from and bigger. Yeah, I love this report, and I'll tell you why. Um, we are, uh, this is a 15 year uh, broadcasting network and we are considered pioneers in digital media, better known today as podcasting. And we were looking at the, (laughs) right? That we were reading a report by the experts and all their predictions for 2018. And Jessica and I sat down and we looked at, we're almost on the verge of finishing our technology. 
And we looked at all these predictions and we said, oh my God, we're so under the radar. They don't even know that we've addressed all of these. And see, what I love about this is you've got to have a vision, but you have to stay on top of what's going on in the world. See, that's one of the takeaways I get from your report. It's like if you're not aware, even in your small or medium-sized company, of what's going on around you, despite what the industry norm seems to be, you better really look at a strategic direction that can be at least a little bit adaptable. Uh, My favorite word right now is adaptogen. Um, How is it that this report can help people stay abreast of what some of these changes are so they are not shut down? Well, that's, I think, where you come to a framework. We're not going to be able to tell you about your business and each individual business. What we can help people understand is how they can set up a a framework and a process so that they can do a better job. And, and, okay. and the way we've thought about this is in these, if you think about these different kinds of risks, strategic, mm-hmm. operational, digital, mm-hmm. and then you think about three things that you can do. One is reconnaissance. How can I be sharper and smarter and quicker about seeing things, uh, including you know, asking unusual questions? I want, and the second is resilience, and the third is recovery. I mean, what you said about broadcasting is really interesting. I mean, we remember when broadcasting was all about there was daytime and prime time and this sort of drive time and all this sort of thing. And broadcasting was time-based, right? And then what would happen if you asked the question, what would happen if I could watch my shows at any time of day or night? Right. What would that do to my advertising? What would that do to my, you know, and that's what's happened, right? And, and we, 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 we grew up on this assumption that it's, it's 8 o'clock, it's time for Hill Street Blues, or 9 o'clock, I guess. <laughs> you know, we, we grew up on these sorts of assumptions, and suddenly, whoop, they're turned, you know, turned on their head. And you think, if you make that, if you, if you change that premise, what does that do to my business? And we end up with podcasts, we end up with TiVo, we end with On Demand, we end up with a whole different world. And by the way, primetime is less important. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. You know, for us, I want to say this. Uh, I love how ignorant I was 15 years ago when I dialed the wrong phone number. You know, I really am considered a pioneer. It makes me sound old. But the most important thing is we did something exactly like you're talking about. Back in the day, people said, don't waste your time on women. They don't listen to talk radio. Now, all you need to do is look at the latest infinite dial report and the mom's report. Women over 35 moms are the largest segment of dial up. I'm on the Internet 24 segment. And boy, don't they listen. So I'm hoping the people listening today will get something from this report because they're mostly entrepreneurs and they don't want to go down the rabbit hole. Thank you for today. I got to ask you one last question. What's your personal message? And please tell us how we can find out more about this fabulous report. You know, my personal message is pick your nose up from your grindstone and take a look around you. Uh, I'm a big picture guy. And, and, and it's when you have that big picture view that you tend to see, oh, there's something I haven't thought about. So be open, be learning, be curious. And when you see something that attracts your attention, figure it out, you know, mm. keep learning. That's my message. And just to top this off for everybody out there, just so you know, 
podcasting for 2018 is 124 million people. That's what they're looking at. Thank you so much for everything you do. And by the way, you podcasters, you better be listening and reading this report because you don't want to go down. All right, everybody, we'll be right back. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.